Nothing knows. Nothing knows. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nothing Owed podcast. You're here with Brian. As always, I have a great guest. Uh, his name is name is David Feynman. He's the co-founder of Viral Ideas and Flixation. Um, he is an expert in monetizing and creating videos to market your business. So we wanted to bring him on to kind of give you guys uh, some ideas on how to monetize videos, how to grow your business, and maybe convince you that it's an important thing to do. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to David and let him introduce himself and we'll get started. So David, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Brian. Um, thanks so much for having me on your show. Um, really excited to share the wonderful world of videos uh, with everyone in your audience. Um, and hopefully everyone can walk away with uh, some awesome knowledge of how they can use videos within their business. Um, a little bit of background about me. Um, I started Viral Ideas uh, with my business partner about five years ago. Okay. Um, Viral Ideas is a video production company, and we have a product called Flexation, which does uh, on-demand video editing, so we have like, prefabricated videos. And our team collectively, collectively has made probably at this point close to 5,000 videos oh, wow. um, for clients based all over the country. Uh, so we have been on the back end of all these awesome campaigns, and um, you know, that's why I'm excited to share all this knowledge with everyone here today, because I think a lot of people don't understand how video can be used as a, a really awesome tool. And I know this podcast theme is all about how to use tools within your business. So, you know, video is really just another tool in your toolbox that you can use to, to get your, uh, to get your, the word about your business out there. And there's so many unique ways to do it. So I'm excited to share all those with you guys today. Oh, and, that, and that's exactly why we brought you on. Um, it seems, you know, video is really taken off and it seems um, it's kind of the, the next wave. You know, it seems like if you don't have a, a video presence online, you're kind of, um, well, you're way yeah. behind the curve, at least in my opinion. But um, that being said, I mean, who do you think could benefit the most from from using a video? Like, who do you see as, as your um, target audience for your product? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, really, we see a wide breadth of clients and customers and businesses using um using uh, video in their business, right? Everyone from the large Fortune 500 companies of the world to these small businesses are using it in some capacity. And how you use it really just depends on what stage you're at, what kind of budget you have, and, you know, very, um, you know, various, uh, you know, various things of that nature, right? So, um, you know, as an example, uh, you know, small businesses might not have a huge budget, but, you know, you have your phones, right? And, you know, I'm sitting here right next to my iPhone and it shoots great video. Right. And if you get a couple extra pieces of gear, lighting gear, all that, you can start recording short clips of your business. So I think as an example, you know, we see uh, a few of our restaurants all the time, you know, especially through COVID where they have to move to more of a takeout model, right. um, showing off their food on a day-to-day -day basis with simple videos about how it's made, uh, the heart that goes into it. And just that delicious looking steaming plate of whatever that they're making coming out of the kitchen. And those videos, they're then putting them out on social media and just driving that takeout business. Cause a lot of them, that's how you're surviving these days. Right. So, right. um, that's just kind of one example, but, um, you know, I went on a little tangent there, but oh, it's fine. You know, it's we really, we really see a lot of, you know, businesses large and small, 
uh, using business using video within their within their marketing. Sure, no, I agree. And now, just out of curiosity, like I've noticed, and like you said, anyone that has an iPhone can record video. You yeah. know, and most new iPhones and I think most Android phones now too, they record in 4K, and I mean they really have amazing yep. cameras. Yeah. So for someone like let's say someone's new to video, right? Someone that maybe doesn't have a lot of experience, where where do you draw the line between kind of being still authentic and kind of relatable to your customers versus, you know, a big fancy production with cameras and lights and everything? Because at least in my opinion, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's a little bit of value to maybe producing a video that isn't 100% polished. It does seem to lend a little bit of authenticity. And I think maybe it's a little more relatable. Am I just totally off base on that? Or is that something that you guys, you guys see too? Yeah. And I, and I mean, the difference between recording something yourself and working with someone to record it, right? It just depends on the level you're at with your business. You know, it's like hiring any professional, like the professional is going to get the best out of you visually and be able to coax the best out of you through an interview. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the content, what we find is that business owners aren't the greatest actors in the world, but they're usually typically very passionate about what they do. So being able to talk about what you do in an authentic way versus writing a script is one of the biggest things that we see people, you know, getting right or wrong. You know, we we find that the videos that are done with a nice interview question and answer format versus the ones that are done with a polished script read off the teleprompter tend to outperform. You know, people just want to see authentic content. Do you think about scrolling through your feed? You know, the, there's a polished video there that you've watched that looks great, but just feels authentic. But there's also one that's been shot on your cell phone that doesn't maybe represent your brand well. So, you know, it depends on where your brand's at. But, you know, even though a cell phone video could look great in 4K, you still want to give off that polished look right. because it's almost like having that virtual sales force out there 24-7 talking about your business. And if that's the first interaction someone has with your business, you want it to come across in a very professional way. So even if you're using a phone, you still have to, you know, keep that professional polish going in order to, you know, in order to get the most out of your videos. Okay. And that's a good point. So I think what it comes down to is, I think what you're saying is people respond more to authenticity and being genuine and being kind of maybe relatable is not the right word, but it's, it's got to be authentic and it has to seem genuine. So people forgive a little bit if the video isn't totally perfect as opposed to a perfect video with just a, you know, like you said, um, am I trying to say a cue card content, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I mean, with, now with that being said, I mean, how would someone, let's say someone who's got a business, they're starting off, they don't want to spend a ton of money, you know, and they, they have to make decisions on, okay, I have, you know, maybe they've set a budget or maybe they literally have, okay, this is the amount of money I have in my bank. This is the business I want to start. You know, how do you help them determine how much to dedicate to, you know, video production? And then how do they, how would you help someone gauge the return on their investment so they can make that decision to jump into video? Yeah. So, so I would say there's, in my opinion, there's three levels of it. So first one is pure do it yourself. So you're either buying some regular old camera gear, maybe just upgrading your iPhone with like a couple lights and some audio gear to be able to film a video on your own. So you're going to film it. You're going to edit it on your own. Probably use something like iMovie to put together your video. Um, what most people find is this is a very time-consuming process. Yes. And to produce something that looks good is a lot more difficult than they might think. So um, you know, a lot of times people take a crack at it. They at least get themselves going. 
but they realize partway into the process it's a little more complicated. So a lot of people also find that they have a knack for it and they actually enjoy doing it, which right. is awesome as well. So, you know, different videos can, we can talk about, you know, in the next section, you know, the different videos that people can make for their business. But in terms of how to make them, the second way would be kind of a mixed model. So what we see a lot of people doing is using their phones, using equipment that they bought, filming the video themselves, but then turning over to a professional editing service mm-hmm. to handle it. Um, you can either work with a freelancer um, or we actually, through Flixation, we have a custom department that will custom edit any video that you possibly want. Very cool. um, so we, we see a lot of people doing that mixed model because then they can save a lot on the cost of filming. Um, and, you know, in terms of that, they can, uh, you know, they can save, you know, a considerable amount of money just by going through, you know, freelance editors or going through a service like Flixation. Um, and the last is a more of a professional model where you're hiring a production company. That's what our company Viral Ideas does. Okay. It's, you basically would find a local professional that could help you with your, um, your video. It could be a production company or it could be a freelancer, uh, something like that to, uh, to help create your actual video. And you know, make sure they're vetted. Um, make sure they they've done some work in your industry. You like what you see. You know, even if it's not exactly what uh, your business does, make sure they have something that you enjoy watching and work with them to you know perfect something to to fit your business's needs. So just kind of scan over their portfolio. Okay. So those are generally the three ways that that you can create um, in terms of video. Okay. Now, what do you guys what do you guys see as far as now we're talking, we've talked about like kind of creating the video and the reasons why, but are you seeing any particular trend toward any particular platform? You know, what do you, what do you see as most responsive? Yeah. So, so creating the video is not just enough, kind of like you're alluding to, you also have to promote it on a platform like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, right. Twitter, TikTok, even, um, yeah. we've actually been doing some content for TikTok lately. Um, but, I'll talk about that too. That's interesting. Yeah, well, we can get into that in a little in a minute, but that's definitely a whole new world yeah. for everyone, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, when you're creating content for those platforms, you realize they're they're driven by ad content. So you know, if you're a business, you're kind of going to have to pay something to get on their platform. So when people come into this and they're thinking about budgeting, you have your creation budget, and then you also have your distribution budget. So whatever you're paying in the video, you should expect to be putting some money into some ads. To hit your to hit your intended audience, and the good thing about these platforms is, whatever platform you're on has super advanced targeting, especially if you're targeting online. So you can really define whoever your audience is and make sure they're watching whatever content you're putting out there. So, you know, marrying those two up, we see customers getting great ROIs. You know, when they're doing those two things, it's not always just enough to make it and then just put it out there. But you know, you definitely want to start putting some dollars behind it. That's interesting. So with, have you, have you seen, and maybe I don't know the right question to ask, but that's why I wanted to have you on with so many different platforms out there. Is there a way for someone who's kind of, again, getting started in the whole video, you know, production for the business. Is there some way that someone could determine to say, okay, I have, you know, this business and this is my target audience. Are those tools available for the various platforms? So could someone conceivably say, this is my product. This is my market. I know those people aren't on TikTok, just as an example. You know, is there something that someone could look at and say, okay, I can eliminate TikTok. I don't have to worry about that. Or, you know, how would someone gauge like where to place their videos? Yeah. You know, um, 
as a rule of thumb, you know, Facebook skews older, right. Instagram's kind of in the middle, TikTok is younger. Granted, there's, you know, people that are older, my dad's who's in his my dad who's in his sixties is on TikTok. Um, you know, I don't know why he just gets bored and scrolls through the TikTok videos. Um, but you know, you also see younger, uh, younger folks on Facebook. So it's, it's not a hard and fast rule, but that's kind of a good indicator in terms of target audiences. The best way to do the research is just to go into the ad platforms okay. and then build out an audience yourself. So say, Hey, I'm looking for males between the ages of 18 and 36, and I want them to have this interest group. And Facebook will pull a whole list of who you, who your intended audience is and how many people that is. And you could just see how much it costs to reach them. So that's how you kind of start to set budgets and say, okay, my audience in Philadelphia is 10,000 people. It's going to cost me $500 to hit them all one time. I want to hit them 10. So do the math and start working out, you know, how much you're going to need to spend in order to hit your intended audience. And that's, so that's on Facebook and the other platforms have similar, um, similar yeah. products you can choose. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're all a little different in the way they do it. Um, but yeah, they all have similar similar targeting capabilities where you can kind of narrow down that audience. Okay. And then how much, that's interesting. Um, so for the various platforms, because for anyone, that, please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, TikTok is a very short format video, correct? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, 10 seconds? Under 60, under, under well, you can go up to 60 seconds, but okay. under 60 seconds. <laughs> so that that would be well, most people don't do 60 seconds yeah because it, so it's it seems like what what or let me back let me ask you this for video platforms what do you see is the the longest engagement and what is what's the shortest that's a great question i mean we all watch movies at some point in our life right and they're two hours so right. um that's a super engaging piece of content so we're willing to sit there in front of the television for two hours and watch it right but our appetite for an ad might only be 10 seconds if it's super salesy and conversion based. So the point to me saying that is length doesn't really matter. Your what actually matters is how you are building the piece of content that you're building. Okay. If you're just focusing on hard selling the whole time, you're probably not going to engage people for very long. But if you're telling an interesting story and your business happens to be plugged into it, then you're going to be able to hold people's attention for far longer than you would be if, you know, if you were just, you know, uh, you know, doing an ad piece of content. Okay. So, um, you know, we've done pieces of content that are less an hour and people watch them. We've done pieces of content that last 30 seconds and people have dropped off in five seconds. So it just depends on the quality of the piece of content and how people are, you know, how people are engaging with it. Interesting. Do you, do you see a trend going one way or the other? Do you, do you see that? Um, I know like TikTok is fairly new, but I mean, overall in the grand scheme of things, do you, do you feel like people's attention span is getting shorter or do you feel it's just dependent on the platform? What would your thought on that? I definitely think it's getting shorter. Okay. Um, no doubt about that. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't hold people's attention for longer if you have something right. interesting to say. So I think, I think there's no hard and fast rule is, right. is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I guess conventional wisdom would say that shorter is better. Um, 
But then if someone's really interested in what you have to say, they're going to, they're going to hang around for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And it's, I guess I'm kind of digging deep because there's so many options when it comes to video, you know, you have so many, like there's so many different types of video you you can produce, you know, and I think, you know, for someone who's just starting off, I think the question sometimes is, well, should I just focus on producing essentially an ad, you know, type video or, you know, some of the brands that I like, it seems to me that their most successful videos aren't necessarily ads. You know, they're just producing a good piece of content that's just fun to watch. And then the product just happens to be in the background somewhere. It's a, it's almost secondary in some ways, you know? Yeah. So, so, go ahead. so that, that, sorry, sorry to go, but that, that is a perfect segue into kind of the funnel braced approach to video. Sure. So you have, you know, top of funnel, that's awareness, consider, you know, basically the funnel is awareness, consideration, decision. We've all kind of seen something like that in marketing or sales, right? So awareness is the first time someone becomes aware of you. So that piece of brand content, that's more of a story that's going to go up. That's going to be your top of funnel stuff, right? It's not really selling. It's just telling a story. Consideration is more like factual based content about your product. Say you're selling a healthy smoothie, for example, you might tell a story of a triathlete that uses your product up top. And in the middle, you might share some health and nutrition facts that relate to your product. And at the end, you might offer them a deal for 20% off your product. So it's three separate individual pieces of content, all serving the same purpose of selling the product. But people are going to interact differently with you right. at different stages of the buying process. Uh, that's interesting. Do you feel, um, oh man, that's a whole other can of worms, but do you feel there's any consistency to to that model? Do you, do you feel that some people are more willing? Do you, I guess, do you feel like some people will buy at any stage or do you feel like most people have to be, they kind of have to go through that funnel? What, what are you seeing? Like, well, how do most people react to that, that funnel you described? It depends. It depends on where someone's on the buying process, right? right? Like as an example, like something that I brought, you know, earlier this week was a light for the helmet on the top of my bicycle. Okay. So I was intending to buy that when I searched it on Google. So I was ready to buy. So all I wanted to see was features, benefits, et cetera. Okay. I, I didn't care about really anything else. And if someone maybe was targeting me, right, and they knew I was searching for this particular thing, they might show me the helmet, can, the helmet, the little helmet light, and they might just show me the features because that's all I'm going to care about at that stage right. of the process. However, if they're just targeting me because I'm a cyclist and might need this, they might show a little story about how this helmet say this helmet light saves a life or something like that, or okay. prevents injury. So the answer to your question is a little more opaque than you probably would have liked, but it just really depends on where you're at and what your, what your customer's intent is. So you almost have to fill in the blanks and kind of think like a consumer okay. and build content around where someone is and just kind of meet them where they are. Okay. No, that makes sense. So I think, okay. So it sounds like you really almost have to, you almost have to plan for all the different types of consumers, you know? So if you're, if you're thinking about video, you really, there probably isn't, it's from your way you describe it. There isn't just one answer. You really kind of have to do, do everything. Cause I, I think, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you can just apply, you can apply your business to the awareness consideration decision model. And think about where your customer would be finding your product through each stage of the journey. 
and you would try to think about what they would want at that stage of the journey. Maybe they would just want to be entertained to become aware of your product, or maybe in the end, they just want to deal, you know, Hmm. Just a good old fashioned, like 10% off, call it a day, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So I wonder, would you say also uh, that maybe it could be dependent on, on the product, you know, for someone, yeah. I guess, as an example, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have more of a, a commodity product, you know, like you said, your, your bike light, like I know I'm a, I'm a cyclist myself and I know there are tons of bike lights out there. Yeah. So, you know, if you're selling something like that, you know, maybe you want to target that wide audience. Whereas if you had a real unique product that only you had, maybe could you eliminate, you know, some of those steps? Because if, if you have a product that no one else has, they're coming to you anyway, regardless. So now it's your job to sell them on why to buy, or am I, am I off base on that one? Or no, no, you're not. I mean, like we, we work with one commodity product and we just kind of sell what they do based on like a unique story, just to kind of get people in the door, you know? Cause, cause they're going to necessarily like, they just want to hear a cool story about the company. Right. Um, and you know, the, the light as an example, you're just going to buy the light cause it is, doesn't, you know, there, there was a thousand of them you know, that I could have bought. You know? Right. I just kind of went for the one at the top of Amazon. <laughs> I had a actually had a little video that showed me, like I watched a couple little review videos okay. on how it, how it went on the helmet and whatnot. I'm actually gearing up on Tuesday. I leave for a ride from Philadelphia to Florida. Oh, nice. um, so I'm gearing, I'm gearing up to do that. Um, oh, so you're going to, you're going to ride from Philadelphia to Florida. Yeah. Wow. That's a, very cool. How long, yeah, uh, excited about that. how long did you plan that out? That's a, that's a major but, trip. Yeah. It's, it's been about a year in the making, um, doing it uh, as a fundraiser in honor of my grandfather uh, who had a stroke five years ago. So we're raising money for a market stroke foundation. Um, and, oh. and ending it in Panama city, uh, and doing an Ironman, iron distance triathlon when we get to Panama city. Um, so <laughs> you know, basically bike to the start of an Ironman. Um, so it's, it's going to be a fun time, but well, don't get me started on cycling. Otherwise this whole thing will turn away from video and go to cycling. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta be careful. That was, I mean, off topic a little bit, that was my career for a long yeah. time. I, I worked in the bike industry for, for quite a while. Oh, no way. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have to catch, after we're done chatting on video stuff, we'll have to catch up offline about that. I'd love to yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So you gonna um, you gonna document your trip at all? You gonna do any uh, videos while you're you're riding? What are you gonna? Uh, yeah, that? I actually yeah. Um, so one of one of the videographers from Viral Ideas is coming down, and we're gonna make a whole documentary. Uh, so what's awesome about the trip is uh, um, the the genesis of it was really my my grandfather learning to walk again after he had a stroke, and I started getting into Nord sports again because I saw him doing what he was doing. I was like, I can't run a mile. Like that's pathetic. Like he's he's basically being able to walk a mile again. Right. And I can't, I can barely run a, run a mile at, you know, you know, as this young guy. So, um, started getting into it, built myself up to Ironman and, um, throughout the whole journey to Florida, uh, we're actually, you know, even in the midst of COVID, we're actually bringing an RV down with us and all these strangers in all these 10 cities, we're doing about hundred to 130 miles, 130 miles a day. And in each city, there's an individual person that we've never met before. Okay. It's actually going to let us park their RV in their driveway. Um, and let us like shower at their house and everything like that. Um, and, uh, so we're going to basically going to make a whole story and documentary about that whole journey as we go. Um, so it's exciting. That's, that's awesome. Um, uh, and then also too, if you don't mind, please, uh, send over the links and then we'll, uh, we'll post the, uh, we'll post the link so people can, uh, donate if they like, cause that's, that's a great cause. Awesome. So yeah, I'll send that on over. 
Yeah, that's and that'll be uh, we'll post that in the show notes and everything. So everyone that's listening, if you want to donate, well, please do. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great cause. Uh, oh, I'm jealous, man. That's <laughs> I, I really want to. Well, I don't want to get started on on biking. But <laughs> you're, making, you're making me jealous. Um, yeah, okay, come, come ride for a day. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I know it's been over with, five or ten. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool. I know out here in California with all the fires and stuff, it's it's been kind of hard to ride, but kind of rough. Yeah. Um, back to business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. We, no, no. you mentioned cycling. It was my, it was partially my fault. No, it's <laughs> I'm actually, I'm glad you did. Cause it's, it was good to bring up the, uh, the charity you're riding for. So I think that's, that's good yeah. that people know about that. Um, but getting back to video and, and business and stuff, people have a lot of, um, you know, like, at least me personally, like when I think about video and stuff, you know, I get overwhelmed. So I think, yeah. you know, that's where someone like you would come in. So if you don't mind, I mean, kind of, if you could talk about, you know, your company and how you guys got started, I'd kind of like to hear the backstory. Um, yeah. You know, tell us how you got started, what your motivation was, and then, um, you know, kind of what you guys are, are doing today. And we'll kind of go into, you know, how someone could utilize a company like you um, or a company like yours to promote their videos. Yeah. So, so, so we started, I'll tell you kind of a little backstory. We started about five years ago and we basically started with nothing, right? It's just me and my business partner and 250 bucks. And what we knew was something that a lot of companies didn't know was that the world was going to change over to video and online content. And we knew that it was being gobbled up by these platforms at a mile a minute. And we, we really want to just provide something to people, a way to, a way to do that. And, um, company was born out of that. We started making, tons and tons of video content through for other companies and the content was doing really awesome. So we, we went from one customer to hundreds of customers um, based all around the U S and um, what ended up happening was uh, through this, we actually built up this platform called flexation okay. where we pre-make videos. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we essentially poured all the knowledge we had in making, you know, high end video content for companies and we pre-make a video that companies can then personalize. So you know, instead of paying a couple thousand bucks for a video, you're now paying a couple hundred. So hmm. um, what is it, if you don't mind, like, what does that look like when you see a pre-made video? If you could kind of describe, you know, like what, what you guys do and then what someone could you how someone could customize that for their own, you know, business. The way, that, the way I look at it is like a content library mm-hmm. where for each individual industry, there's a whole list of, a whole list of content that you can click on, watch, and if you like it, you can buy it as is, and then you can make some notes on it to put in your own, your own custom customizations for your company, your own logo, maybe even your own footage if you have some video footage in there. So it's basically prefabricated, already done with copy templates, everything you need. And all you really need to do is, you know, buy the video, add a few customizations, and then you have your whole piece of content. So you mentioned being confused and kind of like overwhelmed with stuff. Like yeah. we built this for that reason, because it can be overwhelming to make all this content. So we just kind of packaged it all in this, you know, bite-sized vehicle where people can just, you know, pick a piece of content off the shelf and say, that's what I want for my business. That's what I want to look like. Oh, that's very cool. Was that, um, what do you find most people are doing? Do you find most people want, uh, do you find most people are gravitating towards, the pre-made content or do you feel like most people still prefer to kind of do something totally custom? What are you guys seeing? 
we have found that people kind of start with, they start out with the pre-made right. and then they'll use that to kind of feed the beast, uh, if you will. So we're always adding new content to it every month and we have like these subscriptions so people can just get as much as they want. Sure. Um, and then we find that they're doing one or two pieces of content. Bigger companies are doing more per month that are more custom in nature, animation, 2D or 3D, you know, moving into all that. So, you know, I think, I think it starts with something small and then that, from that genesis it just kind of grows into maybe a more custom piece of content okay that's interesting i would have never thought of that, that that's a great idea that's awesome i'm sure that's a that's a huge help so now someone so the next step you know once it, once they move into the, the custom-made video like how would you what kind of services can you provide and how would you um how would you kind of walk someone through the process of hey they have an idea how would you guys help them kind of make, bring that to life yeah so, so, so in general, we just kind of walk them through we really, what we really do is try to dive into their business, right? So we try to solve business problems with video as a solution. So we look at their whole sales process. We look at maybe some of their training processes and we just try to solve problems within their organization using video. And we follow a lot of the awareness consideration decision model in terms of the marketing front. But also on the back end, you can use video for training purposes and for internal purposes as well. So, um, you know, we're also making recommendations on how people can do that within their business. So a lot of times when we're having these consultations with people, we're just, uh, you know, providing that knowledge of how they can, you know, how they can integrate business or how they can integrate video with their business, not how video sits on top of it. So, okay, you know, really that's how... In my opinion, you know, whoever you're working with to do it, or even if you do it yourself, you should really look at video to solve a business pr- problem, not to check a box. Because a lot of people know they need video and know they know they need to feed the beast with content, but really the content should solve a problem. It should not, you know, almost just be there to be there. Right. Uh, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that, but that's a good point. So, I mean, what would be what would be some examples of, you know, some common problems that you would recommend a video for? Like how would, how would you implement that? Yeah. As a perfect example, during COVID, we've noticed uh, a lot of our customers have not been able to go out and see their customers in, per- in person or bring them to their office. So we're seeing a lot of people utilize virtual tours uh, and utilize, you know, basically kind of like digital about us videos that kind of, walk the people through the initial consultation, right? You know, you're obviously you're seeing a lot of more Zoom meetings, but how do you meet the whole team? How do you do that? Like walk around the office and feel the warmth coming from other human beings, right? Video is an awesome way to do it. So we see a lot of people gravitating towards that as an option to, to you know, create videos. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so many questions. This is, this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, now, if someone's kind of thinking about video and thinking about content, is there, would you recommend someone, is there, for lack of a better term, is there an expiration date? I know certain things are going to, obviously, videos go out of date, but, you know, for a, a video for, you know, just a general business, someone that kind of wants to utilize the content as long as possible, is there like a time frame that you recommend or could you you know, do you want to say, Hey, this video is going to be good for a year or do you try to, you know, make it longer? How, how would someone approach like the, the timing or the, the length of, 
publication of a video? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of it we try to make as what we call evergreen as possible right. so that the content can live forever. But you also have your disposable stuff, right? So that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to, you know, say, hey, you know, you have your bigger pieces that might last, you know, a year, two years, three years and be kind of almost like an asset, right? right. So, so we always try to think about, hey, you know, let's say this video gets 100,000 views over its lifetime. And then, you know, kind of you need to update it, freshen it up. You know, how many of those customers are going to be engaged with you because of that? How many of those customers are then going to buy something from you or recommend a friend? So you have to kind of look at those evergreen pieces of content and kind of make them last a little longer. But then you have your quick like social clips where right. it might be something that you're spending just, you know, a few hundred dollars on where you're saying, okay, this is going to be a, something that, you know, my audience is going to see one or two times and that's going to be it. And it's just going to be the, the flavor of the week, if you will. So two sides of it, but you know, definitely want to focus on both, if you will. Okay. Um, if you have a lower budget, I would probably focus on, I would probably focus on creating a few good pieces of content that are going to stick around for two years, three years, and then use that to get yourself to the next level. Okay. Are there certain things, uh, there certain elements of a business that you would recommend keeping evergreen? Are there certain things that you would say, hey, this, the topic of this video, the content of this video has a definite, you know, lifespan. Is there, is there any way to differentiate the two? Really depends on the business. Yeah. Like that's, that's a tough, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say like the typical Q and A type questions. Those can be a little bit more evergreen, right. but something that's more, you know, you making some commentary on some industry news that might that might be like, you know, the content of the week and fades out and okay. you do go move on to the next one. And uh, so maybe if you're trying to allocate your resources, if it's, if it's going to expire, you know, for lack of a better term, maybe uh, save some money for the, the more permanent stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like um, imagine, imagine like, you know, imagine if you got a sign for your, for your store, you know, just something basic. You want to buy a really nice sign because that's going to be what people are going to, their first impression of you, right? Same with the video. It's like your digital sign, right? You're gonna, people are gonna see it. They're gonna watch it. Then they might come into your store. That's virtual service, whatever it might be. So an evergreen piece of content, all of your customers, you almost kind of have to look at it as like your gate. They're gonna see the piece of content, engage with you. And we have some of our customers that almost have a 90% penetration rate where 90% of their customers will watch a video before ever setting foot into their, into their location or calling them. And a lot of the calls with the salespeople were like, hey, I watched your video on XYZ. Can you give me some more details on insert program here? So what starts to happen is this, this you almost have a digital gatekeeper for you. Right. That is kind of doing that, like doing that prospecting and weeding out of people that you might pay staff to do. So those evergreen pieces of content kind of become that digital sign for your business and your digital advertisement to just kind of live on the internet forever. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, is there any way to gauge or have you ever done any studies of how many people went to a particular business because they saw the video? You know, is it like, is there a way to, for someone that's, you know, new to this, is there a way for someone to say, okay, I invested, you know, this amount of money and I can figure out that I gained X amount of customers because they watched that video. Is there something like that that someone could use? Yeah. So, so you can, it's really a lot easier in e-com. Um, so we have 
uh, e-com customers that use uh, essentially a pixel from Facebook. Okay. It's called Facebook Pixel. And or they use Google Analytics or some other technology stack where it's measuring conversions as they come through. Um, if you're not an e-com company, you know, a lot of people will simply do like a quick survey. Hey, how'd you hear about us? Did you watch our video or something like that? Okay. And a lot of them, like we have customers that have showrooms that like build custom kitchens, kitchens and things of that nature. People will just tell them that, Hey, I saw your video and that's how I heard about you. So it really runs the gamut of like super high tech to super low tech, but you know, depends how much you want to invest in the like technology stack of, you know, um, determining how many people are right. coming to you, to you because of it. I mean, Facebook can track store visits, so you can see if people are actually visiting your store because of a piece of content they watch. So you can get that granular if you'd like. Just mm-hmm. requires a little bit more effort. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Facebook's always a tough one because I'm, I'm kind of torn myself because it seems to me, and again, if I'm wrong, please tell me, but Facebook seems to be the behemoth in the room that everybody goes to, but it almost seems like you're kind of at the whim of, of Facebook, if they decide to, to downplay your video, you could just get lost in the weeds. Have you guys had any experience with that? Is there a way to, yeah. you know, how, how would you, if you're focusing on Facebook, how would you kind of ensure that your views stay consistent? Well, have, there's a movie out there called the social dilemma, right? Yeah. You know, um, and have you watched it? No, I've, I started to, but I didn't finish it. It got kind yeah. of depressing, but <laughs> it is a little depressing, but to flip the script is you want to show whatever audience you're showing a piece of good content. That's how you, that's how you, that's how you essentially feed the beast and for better or worse, right. Um, leave the morality of right. that whole movie and yeah. that whole premise out of there is Facebook is aiming for engagement. So they want people to watch things longer and to keep them on Facebook longer. Um, so essentially the secret to it is, you know, you want to make sure you're creating a good piece of content that whoever you're advertising to wants to watch, which means Facebook is going to charge you less to see that content. So essentially to give Facebook the right amount of money and show the right piece of content to the right audience, it's going to go further. So I'm taking any morality out of the situation there, but you know, that's what the movie, the social dilemma tackles. Um, I'm just talking about pure benefit to business advertising right in this case. I understand yeah and, and i totally agree and I, I think you know part of my concern too is you know with facebook like i said they're so it's so common right now that i would probably caution anyone that's thinking about it is be prepared for the next thing you know don't don't invest 100 percent facebook because there probably will be a day when facebook doesn't exist the way we know it today you know sure. so if if you get accustomed to facebook just know that it probably will change you know and so that, that's why they bought instagram <laughs> yeah and then you know tiktok came around and now it's like that's where everybody's going it's it's funny yeah. how it changes uh it flows with the tides yeah it, it's i can't believe i mean just reminiscing a little bit you know it wasn't that long ago you had like one site you know i mean i never i never used it but i'm you hear about like yep. myspace and stuff and i was like that was a big thing and now that's in the dustbin of history um yeah and i always wonder if like facebook's gonna get there someday but we'll see well the funny thing about Facebook that is I have a feeling that Facebook Facebook and the infrastructure is going to be around for a while. Whether or not they buy the next thing, you know, they're always going to do that. Right. But the thing about Facebook is at this point, a lot of people have a lot of their memories stored on Facebook. Yeah, that's true. So um, especially for 
um, you know, millennials, uh, baby boomers, you know, people that not, not necessarily younger folks, but, you know, we have, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial, right. And I have pretty much everything from high school on up stored on my Facebook and on my Instagram. Right. I'm not getting rid of it. Like it will stay with me my entire life because I love that archive. I love looking back and seeing what did I do on, you know, October 15th, you know, five years ago. And, you know, that's, that's a huge value that a company like that, having your data is going to have forever. Yeah. That's that's a good point. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think for the foreseeable future, I I think you're right. I think it will be around. I think uh, in the back of my head, I always think like, I wonder, I'm always trying to figure out what the next thing is. And I'm thinking, I wonder if at some point, you know, the children of millennials go, that's what my mom and dad used, you know? Yeah. That's what happens. Right. And then they go on TikTok, and then yeah. the adults start coming on TikTok, and they're like, this was our thing. Why'd you, why, why are you here? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it all Johnson. changes. So. No, I agree. But I, I think you're right though. I mean, I think for Facebook is so huge right now that I think it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, I think it's going to be around it, for a long it, time. It, so. it might, it might not grow, but, but I, but my, my prediction and I could be wrong. I could have muddled my face for making this comment you know, right. when we talk in 10 years, but I do think that it'll be around for quite a bit of time. You know, I think it's constantly evolving. Instagram's constantly evolving. So I think it'll be around some format. 10 years in the future, but I don't know if it'll look like this. No, who knows? Yeah. I was, I always wonder too, do you have any thoughts on not to get, I don't want to go down the political route, but there has been some talk about um, government getting involved in Facebook and trying to break up some of those, those large companies. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that's likely? Do you think that Facebook or, you know, in, well, I know Facebook and Instagram are the same, but Facebook and Twitter, do you think that maybe, they would make some changes to kind of get a, or to avoid government intervention in their business. Do you think that's a possibility? I have no idea. I think, I think at the end of the day, the government's just afraid of them because they have so much power. Yeah. So, but I think the, I think consumers also at the end of the day want transparency in how ideas are spread on the internet. So, I think we are at an interesting junction point in the world where people want more transparency on how certain ideas are spread on the internet. Like if you go on Twitter any day of the week, there's something, some scandal is trending, right? right? Why is that scandal trending? Right. Like how, how did that happen? Um, I think that's what a lot of people are asking, you know, on really any side of the aisle, you know, like, that's what I'm asking. I'm like, one day you log on and one thing, you know, one side is trending and then the next day it's another thing. It's like, what's the scandal this week? And why does that exist? Yeah. And does that actually really even exist in real life? Like not to get like real weird on you, but like, yeah. does that even exist in real life? Right. Like, or is it just something that uh, is almost kind of like just brought to the top of these pages for insert agenda here. So I think that's what the government's afraid of right now, whether or not yet, yeah, like at the end of these things are run by algorithms. So at the end of the day, is this like done for good or bad is the question. And, you know, in terms of government intervention, I just think that they're nervous about 
how it's done and don't understand technology, yeah. to be honest with you, because the average age of the senator is what, like 60? They learn how to use their iPhone from their kid. Like, yeah. they don't understand it. Like, Well, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think, I guess I was more asking if, you know, if that, if you think that'd be a consideration for someone who's, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, how, 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 how close or how much should that be on the radar? You know, is that something that, you know, they should prepare for? And I, I, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think, sorry. I, I went, I went yeah. a different direction. No, no. <laughs> no, it was, it's totally fine. I mean, I think, I yeah. think that's a huge topic. Um, and I think we could, we could do a whole nother show on that. Um, yeah. And it's, and I think again, not, I, not from the political aspect of it, but unfortunately I think the, the politics of those platforms kind of affect the business side of it. Yeah. And it's in a way it's kind of frustrating for someone who just wants to run a business and doesn't want to, you know, bring politics into their business. You kind of get sucked in no matter what, you know? So I think it's something you have to, you kind of have to find that balance of got to be aware of it and be prepared to change. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not as big of an issue as, as we think it is. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, I think of it as a new, it's a new television channel, yeah. right? Like, you know, you're, it's just like buying an ad on, on like the radio or television, except people are just watching things on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and you're just interrupting them with that. All right. That's it. That's the whole thing, you know, and the government might intervene and all that, but you know, at the end of the day, they still have to make money. So, you know, um, yeah, I guess everyone just, just has to remember that all these platforms are in the business of keeping you as engaged with them as possible yeah you know everything from cnn to fox news to facebook to twitter to instagram right if you're thinking about that from a business perspective you also want to keep people engaged with your business and product right. so power of these platforms is just engaging your audience through another medium right. so you know i think you can go down a crazy rabbit hole with all of that but i think at the end of the day like that's what they are at base value it's just like attention grabbing machines and they are damn good at it. Um, you know, to the point where I think half of us are addicted to it. So, yeah, um, I, I agree. So I, yeah, I think the trick is how do you, how do you capitalize on that while still yeah. being, you still, you got to capitalize on the algorithm, but at the same time, stay true to your brand and not try to hoodwink people and try to, you know, manipulate people into buying your stuff. You know, it, I think yeah. the recurring theme and if I'm wrong, correct me, but it all, it still comes back to good content, good engaging content, you know, and providing a, some kind of service, you know, to your, your people that you're watching, whether you're giving them assistance with the product or whether you're, you know, telling them how to get to the store or whatever it is. I think it's, I think we started off that way. And I think it's still true. It's just hundred percent quality, engaging content. And, you know, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. doesn't have to be a, an Oscar award-winning film, but at the same time, you know, a uh, selfie in your bathroom probably isn't going to cut it either. So, no, <laughs> but, uh, Facebook's a huge beast. I, we could talk about that for a long time. Um, but you did mention Instagram and I do want to talk about that briefly. If, if you have, if you don't mind for a lot of people, it seems like Instagram has kind of changed its services for lack of a better word. Cause sure. I mean, I remember using it was, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but, uh, it was just photographs. You know, it, it just started off. Yeah. As, it was like a photograph filters all it was. And now they have, I mean, now they're competing with TikTok, obviously Facebook bottom because they were competition, but I'm even noticing on Instagram, you have reels, you have all these different options on, on, on Instagram. 
Um, how translatable, you know, are like, if you were to focus on Facebook, is it, is it possible to do something on Facebook and then have it linked just to, to Instagram? Are you, do you have to cater videos to Facebook and Instagram and, and, you know, kind of go bounce back and forth? So, so I'll tell you one way to think about it, right. Is Instagram and Facebook have always been great ways to discover things, right? So when you think about the way Instagram is changing its platform is you literally go to a button that says, I literally think it says discover um, or yeah. whatever it is, your, like your personal page. And you can go thumb through it and they're going to show you some content that like is pretty spot on with what you want to see. Like my entire page is like triathlon stuff and business news. Like that's it. Like just cool bikes and stuff that I like looking at. So, and they do that for pretty much everyone. So that kind of section of things, that discovery section has opened up a whole new world for Instagram in terms of being able to create videos that are discoverable by your intended audience. So you're doing the reels that are catered to a specific audience or doing no specific content around that. Um, it's great. Um, so, um, yeah, that's one thing. And then, um, you know, in terms of the way people are using it, I, I, I think they're, I think people just use it. It's kind of like an escape outlet. Um, but in terms of for businesses, you know, being able to be discovered through Facebook or Instagram is like, they're, they're, those tools are not there by accident, you know? Right. So. Hmm. Do you find that, um, with when you're looking at Facebook versus Instagram, Instagram is almost exclusively on mobile, right? Right. I know they have a desktop interface, but it's almost unusable. Um, yeah. And Facebook still has their web page and obviously, you know, on, on mobile. Do you find that one is trending more than the other? Well, let me rephrase that. Instagram is mobile, but Facebook is still half and half. Do you find that Facebook users are more engaged on one or the other? Do you feel, do you feel like it's it's equal? Do you know, do you feel like most people should be catering towards Facebook on mobile or do you feel like that's maybe not an issue? I think mobile first is how you build anything these days, okay. whether it's a website or, or a, a video. Think about making it for the small screen, not the big one. That said, you make it translatable to the big screen and make it so that people can go on. Because I do think, and I'm not just thinking this, data suggests it, that a lot of people are still on, they have a couple tabs open at work and one of them is Facebook. So, you know, I think you'd be surprised at the number of people during the day that just sit there on Facebook and have in the background, do a couple scrolls every once in a while and call it a day. Yeah. So, um, and we notice that in our data, like we see, you know, all lunchtime, you know, between 12 and one o'clock is like a great time to advertise because people are on their lunch break. They're playing around on Facebook. You know, we see like, right before that, you know, like 11 o'clock, 1130, we see like for some of our customers, like people are on desktop, you know, just scrolling away. And then, so I think to answer your question is just like, you do mobile first, but like, keep in mind, like if you're a business audience, like people are on their computers for a long time during the day. That's interesting. Um, especially now they're at home. So no one's like watching them. No one are, you know, they could be sitting there with their phone and like, you know, work for, 10 minutes and then take a little break, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, we all have to be honest with ourselves these days, right? Yeah. That's, that's funny, man. It's, it's interesting when you see the 
the back end like that, you see the, uh, the analytics of, of how people actually behave. It, it's pretty mm-hmm. incredible, but it's, uh, it's an amazing tool uh, just to be able to know how people like track ads. And, and it's, there's for anyone out there, I, where I'm going with that is for anyone out there that's, that's thinking about video and advertising and stuff. There are so many tools out there you can use to, to improve your business and improve your sales. And if, if you're struggling, there is a tool out there to use to, to improve it. So whether you're, yeah, whether you're trying to get noticed or you have a product to sell, there is something out there that you can use to improve your business and get where you want to be. hundred um, percent. And, and I'm not trying to like over information everyone, right. And discourage yeah. people from starting. Right. So even if you make something simple, just go, just go make something simple with your phone and put it up on the internet and see what happens because I've seen a lot making 5,000 videos. So I don't want to, you know, I have a lot of data in my head as to what works and what doesn't in right. certain given situations. That's not to discourage anyone who's listening to go out there and try something that might work for their business. Um, and hopefully you got one or two ideas that you could just dive into um, from this that you can just, you know, run with versus, you know, hey, there's a million and one things I just said today. But, you know, starting is the most important out of any of them. Oh, no, 100%. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And, I, you know, a lot of the questions I asked are questions that I had, you know, personally. And, you yeah. know, for me, I get overwhelmed just like I'm not real creative. I know what I like when I see it, but if you ask me to design it, I'm, I'm about as good, <laughs> as artistic as a two-year-old, a single crayon. I'm, I'm terrible, but yeah. you know, with, even just as an example, like with this podcast, you know, I wasn't sure of, of how to get started and, you know, you're looking online, you see podcast courses and you see all this stuff and it's like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I trust? But at the end of the day, what got me going with this is I just did it. I just sat down one day and I started the podcast and, you know, if you're out there thinking about this, you got to be honest with yourself and say, okay, maybe there's something I'm good at. Maybe I'm not, but you won't know until you start and you might find that you're great at making videos. And if you realize that you're not, then, you know, get some help, but regardless of your ability, the tools are out there. Um, and you know, just like, like David said, you have to do it. If nothing else, get started that way, you know, where you stand. And by making those mistakes yourself, you'll figure out where you need to go and you'll figure out what you need to learn. And that's exactly, you know, what I've done. That's how we got this podcast going. You know, there are things that I didn't know and there's things that you're never going to know until you actually do it. But once you get that ball rolling, that momentum starts to carry you. And then you start to move on to the next thing and the next thing before you know it, you know, you're a couple months into it and you have some episodes under your belt. And it's like, Hey, this isn't so bad. And then you get accustomed to, to the way things work. So that's the theme of the show, you know, also too, is just get started, just do something and don't be afraid of failure. You know, just the tools are out there and, you know, just like with David's company, and everybody else, it's, there's so much opportunity out there. You just got to take advantage of it and find your niche and don't be afraid to fail. And if you do, you know what not to do. Then you learn from that and you start something new. Maybe you learn from mistakes and, and move on to the next thing. But I, I'm just excited for all the opportunity and all the tools out there. It's, it's, it's an amazing time. You know, I mean, everything we talked about didn't exist 15 years ago. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. Some of it didn't exist six months ago. Well, so yeah. <laughs> but do we really think we were going to be watching Instagram reels, you know, for like 13 hours, you know? So like, yeah, no, but now we're sucked in. So exactly. And this is your tools that can benefit your business. So, well, uh, exactly. And that's, you know, another point too, like you said, it's either you're a product of social media or you're using social media for your own product and you got to decide, 100%. you know, what side you want to be on and, you know, just understand that social media can be entertainment or it can be a tool to promote yourself or your business. 
and right, you know, there's plenty of tools out there to, to promote yourself. So I think that's probably a good place to end. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but before we go, please, um, let everyone know where they can find you and what services you guys offer. Now we, we kind of dug into it pretty deep, but yeah. just, um, you know, social media, whatever you'd like. Um, so people can find you. Cause I really encourage you guys to talk to David. If you want videos produced, um, he was very generous with his time to come on the, the podcast. So I please help him out and support his business. So sure. Um, so I'll give you our two websites. Uh, Flixation is probably the one that you'll want to stop by first. So www.flixation, F-L-I-X-A-T-I-O-N.co, C-O, um, or viralideamarketing.com um, is the other website. Um, feel free to reach out to us on there. And there's all kinds of social links that you can check out what we're doing on a day-to-day basis through there as well. Um, but I definitely appreciate being on the show and um, sharing stuff. And if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're, we're always happy to help. Oh, that's great. I, yeah, please do guys. Um, like I said, it's, you know, as you can see, there, there's a lot of tools out there, but you know, it's always good to have a professional kind of guide you through and especially, you know, people that are creative that can help you with, with videos and stuff. So please check them out. We'll post all the uh, links to David and his company, um, in our show notes and on the website. So if you missed it and you're driving, uh, don't worry, you'll be able to uh, catch back up with it, uh, later on. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Hope everyone has a good day and thanks again to David. Uh, have a good week, everybody. We will, uh, we will talk to you next time. Nothing old. Nothing old.